The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Dear Media IRL is back and we're showing up bigger, better and louder than ever. Join us on May 4th in Austin, Texas for the ultimate live podcasting experience. Watch and learn from your favorite Dear Media hosts as they bring their insightful discussions from your headphones to the stage. Get ready to be inspired, entertained and watch audio get a makeover. Tickets are on sale now at dearmedia.com slash IRL. See you on May 4th in Austin. In Texas. Hey, girl, hey, welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm Taylor, and joining me today, I'm so excited we met officially like a month ago yep. at the Weight Watchers GLP1 house. See, Weight Watchers is a community. It brings friends together. It does. And for decades. You guys, first time on the podcast, Ali Shapiro. Hey, girl. Hey. Hi. Hi. Um, we're not going to, I promise, guys, we're not going to talk about Weight Watchers the whole time. <laughs> I have to say, so we met at this GLP1 house, and I no, obviously like know you. I mean, I'm a Bravo girly. I like fucking love Bravo. So I recognize you, and I came right up to you, which is so not like me. I'm really like pretty shy yeah. and socially awkward in like situations where I don't know anybody at all but um anyway I, I'm very proud of myself for coming up to you so I'm very socially awkward too and I feel like people like us might come across as being bitchy a thousand percent and my boyfriend gets so frustrated with me and I'm like you know me you know that I'm not trying to be bitchy but I have social anxiety and yep. I'm shy and I'm also very guarded yes and protected and sensitive and maybe because of my background with growing right. up on the housewives right but I get very protective of myself and my friends and my family and it comes across as being bitchy and being rude and I'm not I just don't know you right and until I know you I don't know if I like you yet you grew up on television. Real Housewives of New York City, in case people don't know, your mom is Jill Zarin. Um, one of my faves of all time, <laughs> FYI. I'm pretty sure I interviewed your mom at some point when I was at Sirius. I know I ran into your mom at Ocean's first birthday party, oh, Lala yeah. Ken's baby, um, <clears throat> who is the sweetest little nugget in all the world. She is so cute. But it was at Brittany and Jax's house, and your mom was there with Heather McDonald. They're best friends. It's so wild. Yeah. Yeah. So wild. I don't know, know your mom, and I definitely never met, met you before. So I don't really know your story, like, aside from what I saw on Bravo and The Real House was in New York. So how old were you when you started? I was 14. Wow. That's, that's an age. And I'm very grateful that I grew up in the time of reality TV and not social media. Yeah, explain. I was very lucky and got saved in that way, being a 14-year-old, and I had enough. I mean, when it aired, it aired, and that was it. Yeah. It didn't exist on TikTok. It didn't go to Instagram. I you couldn't watch, stream it. You couldn't stream it. I don't watch any Bravo. I don't watch any Housewives, anything. Nothing. I could tell you everything that's happening based on TikTok. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you don't have to watch the episodes now. You can just watch a few clips. It's and, and it's everywhere. You can't, you can't avoid it. You can't right. get around it. Um, so then it was like we literally got a DVD a few weeks before it aired. Okay. I fast forward to the part that I was on. Of and course. And that was it. And then it went away. I never saw it again. Right. So I really haven't seen any full episodes of me on it. Okay. I lived it. I remember some of it. Yes. Um, 
I'll never live down the Martha's Vineyard Detox Center fat cam. <laughs> Um, which I'm very thankful for now because it got to me, got me to where I am in a partnership with Weight Watchers. Hell yeah, um, right? and being exactly. a Zepic girly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I wouldn't say that would define my life. I try to avoid it most of my life. Uh-huh. I went to Vanderbilt, and then I worked in corporate world, yes. and then I moved to London, got my master's, went back to America, got an, another great job, and then COVID happened. And it forced me to move to Boca and to work with my mom and to really leverage this influencer celebrity side that I have Why not? wanted to run away from, which by the way, I think a few other housewives kids like Avery also tried to run away from the reality um, influencer life. Yeah. Um, but now I've looked at it as a positive and uh, not a negative. Um, did you interact a lot with the other uh, housewives kids in New York? Yeah, um, me and Luann's kids went to the same school. No way. I went to Birch. And I mean, they did literally run in the same circle of friends. My mom and Rona have been in the same circle for 20 years. Right. My mom got Luann on the show and got Bethany on the show. I'm dead. You knew this. I mean, I guess like I assumed, but like to know, know that people like get people on the show, especially just knowing like the history and like where things are now if you hear the story from bethany's mouth from anyone i mean it was houses of orange county that was first and then the producer and vicky believes she started the entire franchise when really though it was gina i'm pretty sure it was gina you're right it was, it was gina. gina you're yeah. right it was i remember yeah I, I mean i remember it like it was yesterday it was oc and i was kind of into it and then when new york hit the scene it was like okay this is like i'm fucking in well that's what ramona says she's like ramona says that yeah. new york put the houses on the map you guys did. Yeah. It, for real. Yeah. I know. Well, I, I didn't do anything, but well, yeah. Well, whatever. But so, but how did like, how did casting even go? Because I feel like these are like, this is like the foundational part of Housewives. Because now you're like bringing people on because like they're married to like athletes or like they have like, you know, they're actresses or models and they have this big social media following. But like back then it was like, it, it appears to be like a group of women who are right. genuinely friends. The premise. Yes. Well, or Monica who auditioned. Yes. Monica. Um... But my mom was called up from a casting agent. Okay. You see today all the time casting agents. Yep. Some 20-year-old kid called her up. Our, like, home phone left like, a voicemail. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. He said he saw us, my mom and I, in, um, it was called Social Life Magazine. Okay. Yeah. So it was, like, the Instagram of 2007 when it was literally, an actual magazine. Literally. It was a charity event called Outrageous. My mom and I were there, and he said, I'm casting socialite moms and their daughters who are on the Upper East Side, and we saw this picture of you and your daughter, and you, you know, could be great. Give me a call back. So we did a sizzle reel. I came to our apartment with my mom and And, like, what did you guys me. do? Like, what did you... I think my mom... Well, actually, it's really funny. My mom took out her list of invitations, all of her invitations for all the charity events and galas and everything, and they used that clip in the actual first episode of The Housewives. No. So when you're watching it, you see this janky scene of my mom in the back of a Bentley with a driver. I can't. Going through all the invitations, being like, Denise Richards invited us to this. <laughs> this invited us to this. And that was her auditioning because she wanted to be like, I'm this fabulous socialite, charity-going lady right. with, who luxury... Um, uh, does lunches with her friends and whatever. Ladies, a lady who lunches. Ladies who lunch. Yes. And Ramona was her friend, but I think they casted Ramona separately. And she knew Luann and helped cast Luann, but I specifically remember with Bethany. Yes. Uh, Bobby was very involved in casting Bethany. She had already been on Martha Stewart Apprentice. I remember. And so she wanted to be 
on TV to really help promote her brand and her business and be an entrepreneur. Which is this episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Bolin Branch. Listen, I take my sleeping and my bed very seriously. I'm like the freaking princess in the pee up in here, okay? I'm always on the hunt for the softest, most luxurious sheets. And I'm telling you, Bolin Branch not only has the softest sheets I've ever felt, but they get softer with every wash. Yeah. With Bolin Branch sheets, you can discover a whole new level of softness. Don't just take my word for it. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bolin Branch sheets got softer with every single wash. The sheets are made from the rarest 100% organic cotton in a buttery oh, and breathable weave that gets softer and softer over time. I am a hot leg sleeper, okay? So again, they're comfy like a warm hug, but like my legs don't get super hot in them. They totally breathe. They're also made without toxins, free from synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals. Like, that is very important. Also, Bolin Brand sheets fit the deepest of mattresses. I can tell you from personal experience. So... We have a great mattress, but it's too soft for my wife. So she got like this, like, kind of like, I don't know, like additional small mattress for her side of the bed. Now we have like an uneven mattress and we have like a really big king. So I was a little bit worried about sheets fitting, but Bowling Branch, bada bing, bada boom, they fit literally anything. Oh, and I love this too. They're labeled with top and bottom tags. So you don't mess up making your bed, which uh, is there anything more frustrating than making your bed and then realizing it is on wrong? No, there is not. And again, like I said, don't just trust me. There's over 11,000 reviews. They're loved by millions of sleepers. And this is the best part. They have a 30-night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash, style, sleep in the sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. That's because they know you're going to love them. I love them. You're going to love them. They're the best. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull and Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code Taylor at bullandbranch.com. That's bullandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, there's more in-depth story to it, but she definitely helped Bethany get on and Luann and then... Kelly, was she first season? Kelly was not. It was Alex, who was obviously not in the same circle. Alex McCord. How, where the fuck did Alex McCord come from? I want to know. Brooklyn. Well, I, I mean, Brooklyn. like, but like yeah. casting, did like one of the other housewives recommend her? No, no. Like, I think they found her to be the, um, uh, well, in Sex and the City, who's the redhead? Oh, the Miranda. The Miranda. Oh God, the no Miranda one wanted. You know what's so funny? Nobody during the like the run of the show ever was. Ever was like, I'm not the Miranda. I don't want to be the Miranda. And now Miranda, what a vibe! Yeah, I am the Miranda. I'm the a career woman, <laughs> lesbian, late in life lesbian, late in life lesbian. Yep. Yeah. We can leave the alcoholic part out of it. Right. I really, you know what? And just like that, really did lesbians dirty with that. It's like. Miranda's like this lesbian. She's having this like inappropriate sex at Carrie's apartment. And now she has to be a raging alcoholic. Like, cut her a break. Oh, I'm an OG sex in the city. And I <laughs> I will not watch just like that. It's really, it's ruined the legacy they as far as I'm concerned. Sex in the city. It was perfect. They really shouldn't have. Yeah. Okay, so you're on the show. You then after, so when, how old were you when you were off the show? I think I was a freshman in college, my mom's last year. And... The truth is, we heard that Bravo or the production company started paying the kids that turned 18. No. And I was turning 18. Okay. I was 17, turning 18, freshman in college, and I was in college. Okay. And they wanted me to come back to the city to film. And I was like, well, I'm not going to come back from not getting paid. 
And then, not as much now, it was really important to have the family on with the mom. Yeah. And my mom was like, I'm not going to come back if Ali's not getting paid. And so I stopped filming because they didn't want to pay me. And then her story getting off, I don't want to butcher it, so I'll leave that to her. Okay. She thinks she quit. They think she they fired her. I think it was the same time. Right. But it just started going downhill then when it kind of broke us up, and I was like... I didn't need it. I was in college. Right. It wasn't like today where people make a career off of being an influencer. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I want to get away from this. Like, was Instagram even a thing at that time for you? Not in 2010. Yeah. It was, I think I signed up for it in, actually, no. Facebook was a thing, not Instagram. You're right. It was Facebook and Instagram was like, if it even existed, it was like a, I mean, in its infancy. And TikTok, I mean. No. Who is she? No. Yeah. Literally, who is she? She did not exist. So to me... I looked at it as a negative. Okay. Um, I did not want to be on it. And the only reason to be on it was to make some money. Right. Because other people were. My right. mom was. Right. Not that much. Right. She got paid seven grand her first season. See, this is a thing that people don't know either. Like, your first season of reality TV, you make literal shit. Well, and shit... Today is a lot more than shit then, but yeah. Yes. Because you're not doing it, and Bethany said this, my mom said it, you're not doing it to make money being on the show. It's everything that you do afterwards. Like exactly. The work starts the second the cameras are off. If exactly. you want to hustle, exactly. build a brand, right. um, now you can do all this influencing stuff on the side. Oh, yeah. But I think you need multiple streams of revenue, and for me as a college kid, I was like, I'm not going to go back home from college and I'm having fun right. to help my mom go to a charity event? That made no sense. So I was <laughs> like, you do keep doing you, I'm going to stop. But also, was your experience on camera, aside from being paid, was it like positive or negative, or was it like just like, it was like, whatever? I liked filming. I liked, I was a uh, film major in college, mm-hmm. so I loved being with all the cameramen and learning about the equipment, and they helped me with my resume, my portfolio. Like, I loved it. Kelly Benson helped me with my resume. Oh. Um, Kelly so I had a lot of fun. the nicest human being on the face of the planet. I feel like I need to stick up for her because Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip just aired. And it wasn't Scary Island, but it wasn't not. Okay. And I think that there are some people that maybe, like, I just know I've been, like, a Kelly defender for years. And I feel like I am still here being like, no, 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 no. Like, Kelly, I interviewed her at Sirius. And then I went to Fashion Week. Like, I don't know four months, six months later, and I was walking in with one of my co-hosts, and Kelly saw us across the way, and she was like, oh, hello! She recognized us, because I think that Bethany kind of gave this impression that, like, Kelly's like, I mean, well, she said it. I'm up here, and you're down here. Like, she's snotty. She thinks everybody's beneath her, but that's not an attribute. Remembering a lowly radio host is not an attribute of, like, thinking that somebody is better than everybody. And how good does she smell? So good, and she's so gorgeous. Oh, my God. I remember I saw her with this Prada, like, faux fur bag at Fashion Week, and... Like, that following Christmas, my husband was like, what do you want for Christmas? I was like, I want Kelly Ben Simone's fur Prada bag. And he was like, well, I think it's sold out. And I was like, call her and ask her to buy it from her. He was like, I literally refuse. Years later, I found it, and I still have it. But Yeah, it's by a fake. But she's she's so great. She really yeah. is so great. Um, but so, okay. So you so were I like, liked you the like filming. filming process. Mm-hmm. I, again, didn't really watch it when it aired. I think today... 
it'd be very different. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Truly Hard Seltzer. If there's one thing my friends and I love to do on the weekend, and if I'm being honest during the week too, who am I kidding? It's having an ice cold hard seltzer. But let's get real. The usual packs and flavors are more dull than this season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. What's going on, ladies? Like, between the Kyle and the Morgan and the Mauricio of all, how is the season this boring? Anyway, I digress. And that's why I'm so excited that Truly shaking things up with their new party pack. At least somebody's bringing some excitement. Truly believes life can be more refreshing when we can be real, let loose, embrace imperfection, and allow ourselves to be free from convention. That's why Truly has something for everyone in more than 30 unique flavors, including three lightly flavored mix packs, berry, and new party pack. Truly Hard Seltzer's new party pack has a flavor for everyone, making it perfect for you and your friends. With four fan favorite flavors, including brand new raspberry, it's got a little something for everyone. Bring it to wine night, bring it to book club, bring it to the gym. Okay, maybe not the gym, but like you get the idea. With this new pack, there's nowhere you can't bring the party. Each flavor is super light, crazy refreshing, and made with real fruit juice. With only 5% ABV, 100 calories, and one gram of sugar in each can, truly is the perfect drink to keep you on track with your New Year's resolution. Unless your resolution was to have less fun. And nobody wants that girl around. To find Truly Hard Seltzer near you, go to trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations. That's trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations. Truly Hard Seltzer. Keep it light. Truly Hard Seltzer, beverage company, Boston, Massachusetts. Please drink responsibly. And now... Back to the podcast. When you were in college, did you have kids that like recognized you from the show? Like, did you ever, was there any overlap? Did it affect your like private personal life whatsoever? Thinking about it now, 2010, 2011 would have been like after Scary Island, kind of peak housewives, whatever. It never came up. Wow. My friends never brought it up. I never thought about it. I never walked in the room being like, oh my God, they know me. Right. Like there was no, or Instagram wasn't big. Facebook is Facebook. I never thought about it sorority rushing never thought about it um it didn't really affect my life until again literally four years ago COVID when I was like 27 right but Um, it affected your life but I mean talk about I mean I don't know if it was my career it didn't affect my personal life right like it never came out I don't even know if you would call it like taking lemons and turning them into lemonade but like my god like what you're doing right now is so fabulous thank you like I'm really very impressed and I have have to also say I was excited to meet you. I didn't, you are so like, this is going to sound so crazy. I'm going to sound like a grandma, but like you were such an amazing young lady. Like you're very impressive, Allie. Like you're very (laughs) smart. You're so well-spoken. You're so eloquent. I know that means well-spoken, but like, I'm just, I'm blown the fuck away by you. I really have to say that. I appreciate that. I'm like very impressed by you. I don't do these things often too. So you're special. Oh, thank. Oh, so the feeling's mutual? Yeah. Thanks, girl. Yes. Anyway, yes. and I guess we were just talking about me and Tay and our, like, whatever, what we're doing with, like, babies and stuff. And I said that we have two embryos. We do sperm donor. And you were like, oh, my God, I'm a donor baby. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah, it's a story that we never shared on The Housewives because I did not know that I was a donor baby. Right. Um, my mom married my dad, Stephen. Yes. And they had me. Yes. And that was it. Right. My mom, they got divorced. How my long mom, were they together for? Uh, 10 years. Okay. My mom married Bobby. They were together 18 years. Yeah. And then my dad remarried. And when I was a senior in college, okay. um, I discovered that my mom and my dad used a sperm donor to have me. How did you discover that? 
kind of someone was trying to blackmail us. <gasps> no! So I saw all these emails on mom's computer that were like, why is Allie the only one with blue eyes? Why is Allie the fattest? Why is she the shortest in the Shapiro family? And I was like, this is mean, but I don't get it. Because it is true huh. that I'm shorter and I was fatter uh -huh. and the only one with blue eyes. But I am an only child. Your eyes are stunning. Thank you. But that could have been a little bit of a sign that they were very blue. Right. Because yours are a little like hazel. Yeah, but like my dad has hazel eyes. My mom has like bluish eyes. Like okay. it makes sense. So mine are blue. Yours are crystal blue. My Caribbean blue. Yes. Like the best ocean in the world. Thank you. You're welcome. And my mom is brown and my dad is brown. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Um, and uh, it was always a joke my whole life. Like, who are your blue eyes from? Oh, the milkman. Right. That was the running joke. No one ever said anything else to me. And it's all these emails. My mom was like, let's call your dad. And I was like, okay. Call my dad. And they go, you know, Allie, we didn't know how to tell you. It was never the right time. We're going to tell you when you were going to graduate high school. But you were so happy. Then when you graduated college and all these different events and you just were happy and it was kind of like take it to your grave because back in 1991 yes and they were trying to conceive yes it was um uh, an embarrassment but it was like more than that it was shame right it was shameful to use a sperm donor to not be able to conceive and my mom knew that she could so it was my dad's issue right and he had a surgery right and it didn't fix it but after they got divorced my dad ended up having or conceiving three kids naturally so there was never like any sort of question no. because you have half siblings, have who, siblings. Are, who are uh, like 50% biologically his. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Right. So, oh my God. And so my whole life I'm looking back and being like, okay, well the blue eyes thing, that's a sign. And then uh, the no siblings thing. My mom always said, you know, you were so special. It was so hard to have you. Um, all this stuff. But I feel like every parent says that how right. special you are, whatever. But I genuinely, in a million years, would never have guessed it, ever. Wow. And then all these things started adding up, and I learned more. Um, but the intention of the blackmailer was yes. to break my family up. And I think it ended up bringing us much closer. Because she wanted to be like, right. your dad isn't your real dad. Your that, mom lied to you your whole life. What a fucked up, disgusting troll person. Billy that's, Goat Under the Bridge. That's how... Troll crazy people think. Was this person a journalist? Was this person a fan? Was this person somebody you knew? A relative. I want to fucking dox them. Wait, can, can we blackmail blackmailers? Teach them a lesson? You know what? I'm vindictive as fuck. Karma. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Karma happened. Psychotic. Yeah. <gasps> because the only one who could actually like pull off a blackmail like that is somebody who knew. Yeah, of course. How many people knew? No one. So it was pretty easy to find the My the mom never told her own parents. So the hardest person to break it to, are you close to your parents? I mean, so fucking close. I could never imagine not telling my mom. Right. My grandma was furious with my mom. What? She, wait, wait, she felt left out. I was going to say, <laughs> furious because it was a secret or furious because it was, you know, because it was a donor. No, because it was a secret. Exactly. That's the thing is, this is the thing about life, okay? I feel like we as humans know that we're flawed. Everybody has flaws. Like, people have to, sometimes it doesn't go on the path that you expect things to go. I think everybody has a very high tolerance and empathy for that. What I think the issue is, is secrets are the real killer. Like, you know, I just feel like when there's a secret... Also, FOMO. I think my grandma felt like she was left out. Got it. And 
that my mom went through all of this. So it was really not jealousy, but like that feeling of being left out that turned into anger. Yes. It really wasn't really anger. Right. It was like disappointment or it was whatever that feeling is. She was like, how could you have gone through this and not tell me? But I also understand that your mom, it was like kind of not her secret to tell a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if it was her, if she was one that was having the reproductive issues, it's kind of like her story. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I can, I, I can see like, a man, especially in the early nineties, like being embarrassed by that yeah. and not wanting people to know, um, like that it's like his virility is at stake. Right. And then your mom kind of respecting his boundaries and saying like, well, I'll keep the secret for you. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, that was the hardest person to tell. And then we went on this website called donorsomethingregistry.com, which anyone can go to. It's like a user-generated mm-hmm. um, website. Because donors have to register basically. Like, like, I mean, there is a system in place. Yes or no? I mean the kids. Got it. Yes. It's like a message board. For children. Of, so, or, yeah, of children babies. or yep. whatever it is. And someone posted, I'm from Donor 63 at this um, sperm bank in New York City. If there are any other kids out there, donors, message me, email me, comment below. And when I found out this news and all they had was paperwork, I went on the website and someone had already posted. Okay. So I'm like, great. I, I found someone. Ended up finding her and six other siblings. And then we ended up finding the dad. Oh, so wait, so you knew who the siblings were before you knew who the dad was. Right, because over like a four-year period, through Donor Something Registry, 23andMe, through LinkedIn, through right. all these different investigative journalism, whatever, we found like it was five boys and me and another girl, and then we found the father. I looked nothing like any of them because I had a dad I had my stepdad Bobby right who had passed away at that point and I was like I don't need another dad right I just want to know who I look like right and if I have anything in common but like really genetically right they were all very tall brown hair brown eyes nothing and I was like all right this is fine leave it alone I never met I met one of the girls who was great didn't meet anyone else and that was it okay and then a few years ago so now, like eight years after all this, I'm on 23andMe. Okay. And I get a message from someone that says, I think I'm your dad. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Taylor Farms. Honey, if you thought you liked this Taste of Taylor, yes, I'm talking about the podcast, wait until you try the Taste of Taylor Farms chopped salad kits. They are superb. Okay, so Taylor Farms chopped salad kits deliver the freshest, best tasting salads to eat at home or on the go across North America. They are hands down the best salad kits I have ever had in my life. Usually a salad kit, I'm like, "Mm, it's a no-go. They're like limp and tasteless and sad. But Taylor Farms chopped salad kits defy boring in every bag with over 30 flavors, okay? So not only do they have a variety and they're exciting and they're amazing, but each base is a unique blend of greens and veggies created to perfectly complement the toppings and dressings to deliver the best tasting flavor forward salads. Here's a deal. They are chop, chop, chop to the gods, which I love. They are so crispy and crunchy. The flavor profiles, they have like such, they're like salad artists. And the dressing, oh my God, one is better than the next. And honestly, I'm a bit of a dressing snob. So like every time they put a dressing, I'm like, oh, am I going to like this with the salad? Every time it is a home run. Taylor Farms is a family-owned company on a mission to create healthy lives through fresh and delicious food. And honey, they do it. You guys, 
I recently tried the Buffalo Ranch Chop Kit. Uh, you have to try it. So it's crisp lettuce, cabbage, shredded broccoli stock, carrots, green onions, and it has this spicy buffalo seasoned crouton crumbles all throughout it for that crunch. Oh, and this creamy Monterey Jack cheese that's just like pop, 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 pop. And as if that's not enough, it gets topped with a delicious buffalo ranch dressing. Buffalo flavoring isn't just for deep fried foods and wings, honey, okay? This salad is, mwah. aside from being delicious, which they are, they are so convenient. The salads are pre-washed, pre-cut, and ready to enjoy. So whether you're a busy professional or a home chef, Taylor Farm Salads making healthy a breeze. Purchase Taylor Farms chopped salad kits where you like to shop. Available at all major grocery stores. And now, back to the podcast. This story, shut the fuck up. And in 23 me, it literally says, dad. Like, mother, father, check. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, uh, the message said, I donated to this sperm bank in 1991, 1992, whatever. This is my sperm number, which was not my number. So, it was not 63. Nope. Okay. It was something else. And... I saw his picture, and beyond the genetics telling me that it was a 51%, 100% father match, Right. the picture is exactly my eyes. Damn. Yeah. What did that feel like? Um, It felt very reassuring that my red flags were correct. Right. Not that it was any of their faults. Right. The sperm bank mixed up the sperm. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Because, again, I only have the paperwork. Right. I didn't do a DNA test with these people because why would I? Exactly. You just trust the paperwork. But if my mom popped out a different race, baby, because 23andMe, I was already on for a few years. I knew I was Ashkenazi Jewish. Right. So, and my mom chose someone that, to the profile, looked very similar to this other Man, my mom chose someone that looked like my dad. So brown hair, brown, brown eyes, eyes. So was your mom tall. like when when I mean because babies tend to have like blue eyes and then they go away. So yes. was your mom just like on like low key flipping the fuck out? Probably. Did she ever have any inclination that maybe they there was a mix up? Never. Or never. She just thought it was like some weird genetic like. Um, my grandpa has hazel eyes. That's what they would say. Okay. Oh, they're you're from your great grandpa. Like, okay. 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 Um, Wild. So the sperm mixed it up, but they didn't mix it up so much. Just enough that this man was still Ashkenazi Jewish. Okay. Smart. He's a professor at NYU. Love. But he had these blue eyes. Wild. But if he was anything else a little bit more departed from that, like if my mom popped out and if my DNA was Irish or African-American descent or Asian descent or any other descent, it would have been very obvious that the sperm mixed up the sperm. Of course. I would never have known. So now all these babies are coming out or adults coming out with 23andMe tests being like, 23andMe. Something's not adding up here. Oh, people are finding out the wildest shit from 23andMe. Yeah. Like they have like a, like, like a village full of siblings they never knew about or, you know, oh my God, this is so wild. I actually read an article recently, so scary, that a nurse was convicted, like she was found guilty of intentionally switching babies at the hospital. Oh, babies, not the sperm, the actual babies. Babies at the hospital! Can you imagine? That's really bad. That's that's sociopathic. That fucks you up. No, that you're like, you're a step below a murderer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy. It's the opposite of a murderer. <laughs> but it's still equally as fucked yeah. up. Yeah. That is so wild. So, okay, well, aside from this being like just a fascinating story. 
Tay and I are going to have a donor baby, obviously. I think our child will probably figure it out at some point, like just from general biological. You chose the sperm donor. We have the sperm donor. Um, God, I wonder, like, I mean, we we chose him superficially. He's tall and hot. So you would then assume that your baby would come out looking like that donor. Well, especially because my wife is also tall and hot. Right. So, like, we have very good, very good, uh, what's the word? Genes, uh, gene pool? Well, yeah, but, like, th- statistically speaking, we're really on, like, on a path to have a really tall and hot kid. That's, yes. like, the goal. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if there was, like, if the baby came out, like, super tiny... I mean, nature versus nurture. Is it like the baby's taking after me and my my vertical challengeness? Well, that's what we always... Th- I mean, listen, I don't think my mom thought and slept about it every single day, being like, what did I do? Right. But, I mean, obviously genes play a role, and I felt very... The only thing that made me upset was that I felt like I was lied to in terms of yes. doctors. Okay. Because I have a lot of medical things. Not nothing crazy, but I felt like... You know, I always tell the doctor... I got it. My thyroid disease is from my grandma. Right. Well, now I'm not, now I'm not related to my grandma. That's your, oh, it's your biological father's mother. Right. Got it. So, like, all these things that, you know, does this run in your family? Does cancer run in your family? I would always be like, nope, nope, nope. Now I have no idea now. And your medical history is... Yeah, and then twice. It happened twice. Jesus Christ. There's one guy and another guy. So, are you at all in contact with your actual donor dad? Uh, we have spoken on email. Mm-hmm. I feel like my life is very full. I have my dad yep. and Gary very involved in my life. My mom's boyfriend, who yes. I'm very close to. And then I had yes. Bobby. And right. I just feel like I don't have that hole that I'm seeking a father or a father figure. Um, it'd be maybe nice to meet him one day as a person. Right. But I... And, and honestly, the picture for me did it. To see that yeah. I had someone's eyes was like, Wow. That's pretty amazing. Access now to his like medical history, so you at least have that. I think when we initially made contact, I asked him. um, But again, if you're donating to a sperm bank, you should have pretty um, clean bill of health. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So it's nothing to be too worried about in general. If someone mixes up your sperm, like, do I now have this crazy disease? You would think that you couldn't donate if you did. But again, in the early '90s, when it's just a piece of paper, people could lie and right. Who knows? Right. But I also mean to just like just in terms of medical history. Like now, when you go to the doctor, you can be like, oh yeah, so I found out that there's like I don't know a history of something. Right. Right. Yes, I I could. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. Um, have you wanted to meet your? Because I know you met <laughs> your donor siblings, who actually are not your donor siblings. Right. So. Are you interested in meeting your new donor siblings or your real donor siblings? I met one of them, and we've become really close. She's great. Um, she's a much different story than mine. All of the siblings so far that I have met knew their donor story. Is that because they had same-sex parents? Um, that and also, um, I don't know how to describe it, but like a single Got it. mom. Right. So yes. A, a one-parent household. Yes. Um, so they knew their whole life, where I think my story might be in general less common. Yes. Or maybe more common, but the parents still haven't told their kids. Yeah, it's still a secret. Yeah, still a secret. Um, did you cry when you found out? How did you feel when you found out? Just shocked. Just shocked. Shocked. Like, and my mom, because most people know my mom. Yeah. I could have never imagined her keeping a secret like this. Oh, she's like me, big mouth galore. Totally. Same, that same. Was, that was the biggest shock. Yeah. Like, how could you have kept the secret? Or never slipped. Right. Yeah. And she goes, well, 
You didn't think it was weird that I didn't let you watch Mamma Mia? I'm dead. I'm dead. That's such your mom thing to say. No, I literally never, because I never saw Mamma Mia. I didn't know the premise was about, like, who's my daddy? Literally, who's who's your daddy? I got it. And then the Starbucks, um, Vince Vaughn movie, he he was a donor to, like, 300 kids. Oh, my God. But again, no, I never would have thought twice about it because I didn't know. That is so wild. Yeah, so I wasn't upset. I was more, um, I would say, all the stages of grief. Anger, confusion, um, uh, all the stages. Bargaining with God. Bargaining, yeah. yeah. Um, So I think it brought us much closer because then there was this, like, honesty and trust that became after it and it yeah that's the things the, the the thing with secrets being told just like i'm at this point in my life i've learned it's like i think it's hard to hear the hard truths it's hard to hear like you know that there was a secret but on the other side of it it's always it's it's rough road to get through but on the other side there's like it's it's actually amazing there's so much closeness yeah it's very bonding and today's world is a lot different like when you raise your child in this world yes i think conversations around Donor families. Non, no, non-traditional families. Non-traditional families, exactly. Yeah. Are much more part of the dinner conversation and they're not taboo. Yeah, it's in the zeitgeist. It's like normalized yeah. completely. Yeah. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Quince. My closet has been quite chaotic, like crammed with so many clothes and yet nothing to wear. Well, I recently took control back in my closet and I have the secret. Yes, you guys, it is upgrading to high quality affordable pieces from quince quince is just it's everything with quince you're gonna have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next like 100 mongolian cashmere sweaters for 50 dollars organic cotton sweaters washable silk tops timeless 14 karat gold jewelry and you're gonna stay on budget honey she's giving quiet luxury at an affordable price So my wife and I just got back from our honeymoon in St. Bart's and you have to dress nice in St. Bart's. You know what I'm saying? And thanks to Quince, I totally did. You guys, I got their washable stretch silk V-neck cami in like every single color. Ivory, navy, black, red. And I could because they were all $39.90 at that price. You can get four for the freaking price of one. I used to never get silk because it's so expensive to dry clean with Quince's washable silk and they have silk shirts, they have silk pants, silk camis. You're saving so much money, you should literally buy them all. Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I know, you're like, I don't get it. Here's how. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And this is so important. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I obviously love that. Honey, indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Taylor for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, to get free shipping and 365 day returns. And in case you didn't know, that is a whole year. Quince.com slash Taylor. And now back to the podcast. I'm really on board with one child. I think it's like just I think I will be an amazing parent to one child. I think I will be a little like um, overwhelmed and maybe not like operating at my full potential with more because um, I also feel like I can kind of still have my 
I'm selfish. So I think I can still have my own like life independent with one. Whereas I feel like I have friends that have had one for a while and now they have two and they're like, listen, I of course love my second baby, but it's, it's, it's night and day one and two. And then they're like, and I know you just have one. Are you an only child? I'm actually not, but I act like one. I have two siblings. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't relate. I'm only child. Well, so. you are you are a great um, like representation of the only community because you are really a stellar individual. I'm serious. My boyfriend tells me every single day that I have like only child syndrome, but what's only child syndrome? Um, like, what does he think is a characteristic of only child? And I'm sure they're general. I, I wouldn't stereotypes. call myself selfish, but tendencies that might only involve things that are for me. You know, girl, the, the me instead of the we. Girl, I relate to that. Yeah. I totally feel you yeah. on that front. Yeah. Um, no, I'm like, I'm really into the idea of an only. But like, yeah, I think we'll have a lot of support regardless. But like, you know, I think the scariest thing will be for my baby too. Like you were, you've like correspond with your donor dad. But like, I think if our child really has this desire, and like you said, you were fulfilled in the dad department. Mm-hmm. We're two women. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we would be insane not to assume that this child is going to want, boy or girl want to meet their father at some point. So I guess I am a little apprehensive about that. He looks like a nice fellow, but you never know. I, I'm, I'm going to want to be like, present, I'm here. Like, I'm going to want to chaperone it. Do you know what I mean? Well, has he donated elsewhere? So he's do- he's a, he donated to California Cryobank, and um, he could only donate so many vials. And we hoarded them because we are again, monsters, and we're like, no, 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 no. We want to control as much of the pot that we can. Although, I don't know, we're like, we've been really lucky with embryos and Tay's going back in for another round of IVF. So, and like the, they like out of one vial of sperm, which has what? Hundreds of thousands, Mm -hmm. millions in there. They pull one. Like when a man, when you do it the natural way, a man ejaculates yeah, like all the fish. a fuck ton of yeah. sperm. Whereas this is like they pull one little one little baby and they put it right into the uh, right into the egg. So it's like we will have like one tube is so much for IVF. So like we have like probably eight tubes we never need. I think if we are the kind of if we're as good as we think we are, we should probably put his sperm back into rotation because he's like chef's kiss. Well, right. Even if you. We can return certain- them back. Like, not like, not like, um, they're not like used. To, they're not like right, gently born. Like, they're like yeah. 100% sealed. We, we might give them back to California Cryobank. Because if you are 100% certain that you're not going to give your child another sibling, that there's still an opportunity for t- someone else to have those siblings. Precisely. And they could have those relationships in the future. And But I, I will say I am actually very excited for, while, while I'm nervous about them meeting their donor dad, but I think it's it's absolutely up to the child, for sure. I am excited for them to have donor siblings, especially because I'm pro only. Right. Like, I think that could be, like, a really fulfilling, nice journey for them. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, sometimes, you know, family sucks. Like, you could have had a really bad dad and a really bad sibling. Preach. So So when you look at it that way, it's like being a donor child, like, opens you up to so many more family options, which is great. Yeah. The way that you have made me, like, you've answered a lot of my questions. Anything else? About what my future will be like with my child. Um, I guess my only other question would be, like, your personal opinion on age. Like, again, I think because of this scenario, our kid's going to get it pretty soon. Although, Mm -hmm. my God, my poor nephew. So... Obviously, our nephews know that we're lesbians. Like, we're not, like, we're roommates. We're best friends. Like, they get it. We're best friends. But, like, when they're super, super little, like, they might not fully get yeah. it. You know what I mean? And, like, also, like, so, like, I, I feel like 
the type of media that kids engage with, especially like Disney, it's very like heteronormative. But was your nephew alive when you were married to a man? Um, some of our nephews, so these are all Tay's nephews. So oh, my, okay. my Scar- so the only uh, niece in my family is Scarlett. So she's going to come in knowing Taylor and Taylor. Okay. But Tay, I came in later, but not much later. I mean, Jack, who's the oldest, was like one. So yeah, I mean, by all accounts, yes. I guess you could say in terms of like, I don't think a one-year-old can decipher. No, no. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by eHarmony. Finding someone who gets you is hard, right? Well, you're not alone. That's because we're human and there's a lot of different people out there, which is why eHarmony's personality-based dating app helps you find someone you can be your whole self with, someone you can be fully comfortable with. I have been guilty of changing who I am. I had a boyfriend in college. Oh, God, I had my first boyfriend in high school. I literally wore hemp maxi skirts for, okay? He liked to listen to the String Cheese Incident, which I still to this day couldn't tell you one of their songs, but I pretended to just so that he would like me. And I can't blame that boyfriend. I have myself to blame, but a lot of times we kind of like change who we are to fit the mold of what we think somebody wants us to be. But honey, it ain't right. You need to be exactly who you are and find somebody who loves you for you. And are you listening to this podcast? Hello, my wife is doing this podcast with me. She clearly accepts me for me. We are obsessed with each other and we are obsessed with exactly who each other is. Like my favorite things about her are the weird things. And honestly, I think that that's the real secret to a long lasting relationship. Real love, that's real love, baby. And that's what true connection and compatibility are all about. Being seen, being heard, and being understood. And that's why more people are turning to eHarmony. When you match based on personality, you're already one step ahead when it comes to getting to know one another. So try eHarmony and get started today for free. eHarmony, get who gets you. And now back to the podcast. Anyway, so yeah, so they've only known me as like Aunt Taylor and Aunt Teddy, mm-hmm. and like the Taylors, whatever. So, and they're great with it. Like, they don't know anything else. But my sister-in-law, who I'm obsessed with, she was out to, like, lunch with Jack. He's the oldest. And this song, um, I Just Haven't Met You Yet, came on by, what's his name, Michael Bublé. Mm -hmm. And that was my wedding song to my husband, which is very indicative of how that would have turned out. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? Anyway, it's like, I knew it was over before it even started. But she started to laugh. And Jack's like, why are you laughing, mom? And she's like, this song was Aunt Tay's wedding song. And he was like, huh? I don't remember Aunt Tay and Aunt Teddy having this wedding song. And she was like, oh, no, when Aunt Tay was married to a man. That's very confusing. And he was like, blah, 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 like short-circuited. And he was like, because, you know, kids are like, divorce is scary. And I get it. And then like, wait. A man? Like, I can't, like, understand this. And so she was like, oh, my God. Like, she saw he was kind of, like, shook. So she talked to him, like, off the ledge. And he was like, okay, I I guess I get it. And she said that day when her husband, their dad, got home from work, he was like, Dad, do you know Aunt Tay was married to a man? Like, he was so, the next time I saw Jack, I was like, Jack, it's okay. You know, I love you. And I understand it's confusing, but. He's definitely telling all of his friends. A million percent. I mean, oh, God, to be, like, in his brain for a second to see, like, how he's processing it. But, like, kids, they get more these days. You know what I mean? So I'm sure, I don't know. 
it'll be interesting to see like how the journey goes, you know? Yeah. I'd like to really hit with the kids simultaneously, like we're lesbians and you have a donor dad, like all in one fell swoop. Right? They kind of go hand in hand. Tell them before the kids at school will bring it up and ask questions. You want like to prepare your child with the knowledge they can answer the questions before someone else does it for them. Like the teacher does or Right. You know, like when they're old enough to be able to like Ask, be asked those questions, you want them to answer those questions. They have the answers that they're not yeah. cut off guard. I know I had Shannon Ford on recently and she said that, she's like, I grew up in a trailer, but like I knew nothing of it. And she said that there was this girl, Rachel in school, real name, and Rachel was like, you live in a double wide. And she was like, no, I don't. And then she went home, she's like, what's a double wide? And her mom's like, where we live? And she was like, you never told me. You never told me we lived in a trailer. It's like so funny. Even these like little like kids, kids are fucking assholes. So yeah, yeah. I guess we'll arm our child with knowledge. Yeah, they can be like the donor, like LGBTQIA ally, coach, teacher I mean, of the classroom. What year are we talking about? This would be like in twenty thirty. If you have a normal household, yes, or um. What's the world? Uh, um, a heteronormative yes. household. Yes. You'll be in the minority by then. That's so true. Yeah. It's actually like Stable uncool. parents. It's actually uncool to have straight parents. Like, how not exciting is that? Married, straight, boring. Yeah. <laughs> I think by then it'll be a whole different world. Well, uh, Aunt Allie will have to come help us. Yeah. Yeah, I would love it. Allie, thank you so much for joining me and th- for being so insanely vulnerable and open. I really appreciate you. I'd also give a discount code to my website. Please, let's do it. Let's do the thing. What do you typically... You you tell me, and that will be the discount Well, I'll give code. 20% off, but okay. what do you typically name them? Oh, we could do Taylor 20. So okay, Taylor yeah. 20 on jillandallie.com and jillzarin.com. Okay, Taylor 20 on again. Jillandallie.com for crystal candles and pickleball paddles. They're, oh, the pickleball paddles, yes. I'm going to get them for my wife. Oh, I'll give them to you. No, I'll no, I'll buy them. Well, thank you. Taylor okay. 20. I will. And then jillzarin.com for rugs. Ugh. Which are the best rugs. The best rugs. You want a baby-proof rug, pet-proof rug. Yeah. Taylor Bring 20. Bring it on, Taylor yeah. 20. Ali, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. You are the best. And also, where can people follow you on social media? At Ali Shapiro. Yes. And TikTok. Ali Shaps. Ali Shaps. Shaps. Okay. You guys, that is it for us. Have a great rest of your day. And I always say this, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It means the world to us podcasters. And until next week, bye, girl, bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.